0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-supported, crowd-driven feature where we depend on your contributions and on your questions, on all those things that matter to us in our common life, from economics to public policy to philosophy to culture. All right, here's one from Laurel about that big birthday Canada's been having these days. Sesquicentennial question. Did I pronounce it right? Yes, you did. Yay, me. How did we progress from the Tory family compact to the liberal Laurentian elite in 150 years, if that's progress? Well, I'm not a big fan of the concept of progress, as I think Laurel might actually be aware. But it is an excellent question how we could portray as progress a situation which in many important respects is stagnant. How did we get from having a kind of a closed system with a self-satisfied elite that believed that the government really ought to be in charge and that people should be allowed to let off steam but not really influence government, to a situation today where we have a closed system with a smug elite in charge. You think that people should be allowed to let off steam, but not really influence the system. You know, there's, so little has changed because the family compact, again, they were Tories, but they certainly weren't conservatives in the normal sense of that word. They, they were possessed of a fair degree of inertia and some ostensible respect for tradition, but they didn't believe in limited government. They were not terribly good on national defense. Um, traditional social values only because everybody thought that way they were really kind of in it to be the big shots and I think to a very large degree you see that to this day with a, a lead in Canada that goes to the same parties shares the same ideas does very well out of the whole deal but isn't really all that bold you know even when you look at liberal campaign promise and think capital L liberal here especially federal they're promise a great deal of progressive stuff, but then when they get into power, they just don't really do it. It's enough that they're in power. Now we're happy. We promised you national daycare. Well, maybe not. You, you can't count on anything that they say, whether it's something like not buying the F-35 to uh, soft power, something turned into hard power, probably turned back into soft power. But the important thing is that they should be in charge. And there may be a little bit too much of a political reflex among Canadians. It could be that the fault lies not in our stars but in ourselves that we put up with this kind of thing. That we don't mind a government that patronizes us, that insults our intelligence. We do let off steam sometimes, but obviously it wouldn't keep running this way if a lot of people weren't happy with it. I think that Canadian politics needs more rowdiness. I don't think that we need more bitterness. I don't think we need more of the fever swamps. You know, the upheaval in the United States associated with Donald Trump, and I say the strong support for Jeremy Corbyn in Britain are indications not of a wholesome pushback against the elite consensus, but of a very unwholesome channeling of what is, in principle, a sound basis, the, the thing they produced the Brexit vote, which I do like. So Canadians need to be willing to be a little more rambunctious in their politics, but without losing their famous civility. We need better cartoons. We definitely need better cartoons. We need harder hitting cartoons. We need to be able to laugh harder and in a more sustained way at the fatuities of the people in charge. I mean, even Justin Trudeau and his selfies, you know, we find them vaguely funny, but there's a streak of narcissism there, a lack of seriousness about governing that really ought to to have consequences that it doesn't seem to be that it does have. And I'm not letting his opponents off the hook. It's not as though I thought much of the Tories either. And again, Stephen Harper promised a lot of things that he didn't do. And more or less just tried to keep everything muffled and wrapped up. Oh, don't reopen those contentious. Oh, don't, don't go there. Um, you know, didn't get rid of even tax loopholes. He proliferated them. And we said, st- stood by and said, oh yes, the government is wisely directing the economy. As opposed to saying, hey buddy, don't tell us what to do. and. So I think Canadian politics takes place in far too narrow a band, and it does have that chateau clique feel all the time. The ins are in and they like it there, and the outs are fenced out. So I think that on our 150th anniversary, we should ask ourselves, what do we think it means to be Canadians? Are we people deferential to a fault, including to bad government? Are we willing to tolerate a state sector that is too large, too self-satisfied, and too mediocre? Or are we going to say, no, we are a fiercely independent people who can look out for ourselves without losing our manners? Because that to me, there's a great deal of that in Canada underneath the stifling layer of government. It's not an artificial import, but we need to get rid of that blanket. They tell us it's a security blanket, but I think that far too often it tends to smother us. All right. I think that answers the question. And happy birthday, Canada. (laughs) Thanks for that, folks. If you would like to play along and ask your question of the professor, the URL on your screen will take you to a page where everything is explained. Thanks, and see you next time.